Hey fadies, I'm DM Brad, and this is it! The long-awaited return of the Apple Squad Earth. Ba -ba -ba -ba. It's Chapter 5, Episode 1, and Marley and Banfor are back in action. A lot of things happened all over Ison in Chapter 4, and we had so many awesome guests on the podcast. A huge thank you to Laura from the Wheel of Woe podcast, and Tyler and Brianna from the Roleplaying Guys podcast for joining Jules on her Adrift on Ruin Sea series. Another huge thank you to Jules, Gerard, Oliver P, and Craig for joining me on the Surge series. There'll be more snippets from that campaign from time to time in the future. Uh, yet another huge thank you to Robert, Irene, and Monty for joining me on the Playcart series. And yet another another huge thank you to Adam, Mel, and Daniel for joining me on the Chaos Heart series. Oh boy howdy, I did really enjoy expanding the world and the greater story that's going on, and I hope you did too. But... We know you've been eagerly waiting the return of Ison's dynamic duo. Anyway, here it is. Without any further ado, let's recap to get you back up to speed. Last time we saw Marley and Banfor, they had fought in the Killing Grounds arena, witnessed the death of their wolf companion Hodge, met Sorgamor the God of Death, killed the Empress of Arkvale in front of a hundred thousand spectators, defeated a giant psychic fire ape who knocked them unconscious with a psychic blast, and then woken up to the sight of their new ally, Aluren Windrush, leaving them via a portal he'd made with their new magical toy, the Sanguine Gatekeeper. They noticed three demons standing in the room, Bedemus, the Herald of Sorgamor, the God of Death, Zero, the Herald of Hadet, the God of Knowledge, and an unknown demon made of clouds. Bedemus said to them, We need to talk. Cool. So, uh, wow, exciting times. Um, hey, the people I'm with and the people listening to the people I'm with, uh, this is Chapter 5, Episode 1 of The Fate of Ison also known as The Return of the Apple Squad You know. I'm so excited. Um, so I have sitting with me uh, two very excited players, um, one of whom is named Oliver Scripps, and he plays a character we haven't heard from in a while, and that character is... And for what? How are you? I'm literally in bed, but hey, let's party. I've done some of my best work here previously, and I intend to continue <laughs> that winning. Thank you. This is my time, Jules. I intend to continue that winning heritage by delivering what everybody wants, what everybody needs. Some deep, hard D&D. Here it is. Let's go for it, team. Take it all. <laughs> That's the new podcast slogan. Um, Fate of Ison, that take it all. <laughs> That entire, that Delivering entire some deep, hard DD from bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can drink um, red wine, you know, just making a fucking evening of it. Oh, many <laughs> times, bro. Like some candles. I left my beer downstairs and I'm pretty sad about that, but you know. Um, do you want to quickly run and go get your drink? No. Is that I what can, you want to do? I can I can do that later. Is, is that where your life is headed? Is that... <laughs> if, to go downstairs drinking. To drink. To bring drink upstairs. I'm not really sure. On, on Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> hey, and the other person who's sitting with me is Jules, and she is uh, playing the character who is called... Molly Craft! Yeah, she's back! And um, she's very excited about seeing Hodge 
2.0. Um, I don't know if that's happening like soon or if that's happening in like a few weeks game time. I'm not sure, but I'm still really, really, really excited about it because it's been like almost four months and I just, I just need some Mali in my life right now. Cool. So uh, if you guys have uh, nothing else to share, we can jump back into where we were at. Do you think people remember who we are? Like, should I be saying, like, hi, I'm Marley Craft. I'm a half-elf bard ranger with, like, an entertainer's background, and my family don't give a shit about me because they've never looked for me once. But I killed a yep. giant thing. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, like, is... have you forgotten us out there <laughs> Oliver is there anything you want to ask if you can say <laughs> I think I've said everything that a man can say it's, it's mostly been edited out but <laughs> I think I'm pretty much free fire zone words wise I don't, I don't think I've ever held back so here okay. we go <laughs> alright so wait here's... did I completely misconstrue the point of that question no. No, it was just Jules did an intro for who Marley is as a character. And, and then I thought, did an oh, intro again you might want, for who Marley you might is want to as a as character. Well. Oh, right. <laughs> what a, no, what a tough thing to say. I mean, not, not getting on the social wave point, a wavelength, is exactly what Panful would do. So <laughs> Yeah, I was like internally staring into space. Um, I don't know. Do you say who he was or who he is? You know? Or who he might Ooh, be. That's deep. Who's. I mean, he was intended to be a bit of a good time and a and a fun barbarian that hits things very hard, and you know, is a bit of a bit of a scoundrel and a, and in our world, a, a bit of a meth head, frankly. But um, he's sort of oh, he's sort of changed, grown in some sort of arc of character um, into just a collection of 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 foibles, um, character traits, and and sort of strange. Um, eccentricities um he's the god to a tribe of now militarized rats and mice um he gave up collecting disembodied hands he's murdered more tonnage than any other thing alive currently um he you know counts his his enemies not by the number but by by the meter um (laughs) that's just sort of by how many half bricks it takes to take them down (laughs) like yeah, by, by, by area. Um, <laughs> so far, he's killed a small foothill, you know? Like, <laughs> in, in the in the quandary of unstoppable force meets a movable object, he's both, you know? It's just, it's interesting. Um, so far, unkillable, but he's very excited to find out what finally does it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's amazing. So, uh, without any further ado... Um, let's recap the story um, of uh, where you're at and why you're there. Goody. Tell a story, <clears throat> so, DM Brad. So, uh, when we last saw the Apple Squadith, um, they returned the Death Heart to its spiritual home beneath the killing grounds of Stonewall. Uh, they and a new ally named Alarin Windrush uh, met with Sorghumul, the god of death. Uh, they received magical gifts from Sorghumul, including an enchantment on Marley's saxophone, an incantation for Banfor to transform into a demon for a short period of time, and a death-infused black arrow for Alarin. 
Uh, they also received something called the Sanguine Gatekeeper, which will allow them to teleport to anywhere they've been in their entire lives at a cost. Back in the material realm, the Empress of Arkvale, whom Marley had learned, is actually an immortal being called Gillif. I don't think she's discussed that with Banfor yet in any great detail. There hasn't um, really been a lot of time. No, there hasn't. Um, showed up to be murdered in front of a uh, the 100,000 strong crowd as per her early agreement with Marley. Um, the Empress denounced the Empire, sent her extremely powerful young servant away with the Queen of Bruss, presumably to safety, and then allowed herself to be killed by the Squadith as a public spectacle. Uh, after her death, a monstrous red-haired gorilla stormed into the arena and let burst an enormous column of flames. Uh, the Squadith, along with Banthor's long-lost father, Torkin Graves, uh, fought the beast, while a demon of lies tried and failed to turn them against one another. Uh, the gorilla sent out a massive psychic blast upon its death, rendering everyone in the fight unconscious as the column of flame raged on around them. Uh, sometime later, the heroes awoke in the safety of the Gloves Gang headquarters, the home base for Banfor's childhood friend, Jareen. Uh, Alarin had used the Sanguine Gatekeeper to open a portal uh, to somewhere from his past. He stepped through, leaving his new allies behind. Uh, that's when they turned and noticed three demons standing in the room. Bedemus, herald to Sorgamor, the god of death. Zero, slash... Afimata, herald to Hadet, the god of knowledge, and an unknown demon resembling a human male made of mist and cloud. Bedemus, the demon, said, We need to talk. And that's where we ended it. While you guys digest that situation um, and have a little think about what you would do and how you would respond to that and how you'd be feeling about the loss of your friend, your new ally, Alarin and things like that. Um, and having three demons in the room. Yeah, I mean, he only joined us for a couple of hours, right? <laughs> yeah, it was only, um, a, yeah, a few hours. And then that night when you were all unconscious. So, <laughs> right, Oh, uh, that night when we were all unconscious. <laughs> Marley looks uh, at her forehead. Does it have dicks drawn on it? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if, if it was around Banffor, they'd be carved and not drawn on. Yes, um, I probably feel that. <laughs> while you process your your current uh, the, your character's current places, because it has been many months since we've played, um, I've got a little cutscene here of something you missed while you were unconscious. Okay, that happened around us, not like somewhere yeah. else in Eisen. Okay. No, it happened around. It happened around you. Okay, cool. Okay. So, uh, as I mentioned, you had been knocked out by a psychic blast from the red gorilla in amongst the column of flame. <clears throat> you heard of that gorilla? You did. And its its dying act was to emit a huge psychic blast that knocked everyone unconscious. I just wanted to confirm that I did, in fact, murder that gorilla. So <laughs> Yes, you did. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, you sang a cool cute, song, yeah. too. Oh, I yeah. did sing a cool cheese song. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's all coming back to me. Anyway, sorry, Brett. Oh. We interrupted um, yeah. you, Katzen. Uh Cue some kind of dramatic music here. Future Brad, when you're editing, now's the time. 
Tolkien Graves, long-standing champion of the Killing Grounds, long-standing failure as a husband and father, struggled to open his eyes. What? What? What the bloody hells was that? He recalled some kind of psychic blast had come from that red beast as it died. He had no idea how long he had been asleep, but the ring of fire in the killing grounds still raged, and his allies, his 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 son, were still unconscious. Bainfall. He fought to his feet, his brain and muscles aching with every inch. Bainfall. He he limped toward the slumped form of his son, the son he'd hastily left behind in the city of Darjin decades ago. He'd thought it was in the boy's best interests. He'd thought of a lot of things in his life that had turned out to be dead wrong. A strange creature appeared right before the champion, forcing him to startle and fall backwards with a crash in the dirt. A purplish, grayish, orangish, demonic creature, its oozing tentacles lazily waving as it stood. Kill him! A voice in Tolkien's mind demanded. That's not your son, Tolkien. That's an imposter. He wants to usurp you. He wants to be the champion. He is tricking you. But, but, but nothing, Tolkien. That's not your son. Kill him before he kills you. Kill the others just to be sure. The fire still raged and Tolkien's mind still ached. But, he, I, I don't. You know it, Tolkien. You know it. Tolkien struggled to his feet again and continued toward his fallen son. He took up his spear and pointed it at Banfor's unconscious form, ready to strike. Yes, Tolkien, that's it. Kill the usurper. A loud crack of thunder boomed and a sudden violent downpour of rain blanketed the arena. The fire began to hiss and dim as steam rose into the sky. Tolkien shook his head, trying to find a moment of clarity in the haze and confusion. His mind was a war zone, thoughts frantic. Kill the usurper! The voice repeated from right behind his ear. The champion gritted his teeth and turned to thrust the spear into the creature. I never did nothing for my son, but I can do this! He released his grip on the spear and threw his heavy armoured body onto the demon. The scene changed and Tolkien found himself falling on hard, stony ground somewhere new, somewhere strange. Big mistake! Champion, champion, the voice echoed as if from everywhere and nowhere. Champion, champion, champion. Champion, champion, champion. Yes, my precious. Champion. Champion? I am the champion. Oh, champion, jolly. Who are you, the champion? This is this beautiful dramatic scene, and we've just ruined it. Uh, that's pretty standard. <laughs> Fate of Iceland. How are you? No, I need I need you guys to to keep me grounded, or I'm just going to go full wanky, like wannabe writer. You know, <laughs> I need you to bring drag me back sounds, down. Sounds to... like you should be um, submitting some writing to grow out of it, there, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? This isn't my. <laughs> This isn't cringy past writing from me being a teen. This is me writing now. Oh, sorry. As a no, as a thirty three year old grown adult human man. Thirty three. I think they'd appreciate it, to be honest. Um, poor buggers. Well, fuck you. <laughs> no, I mean to have some good writing to read for a change. Oh no, you you can't save this. 
<laughs> um, cool. So, uh, yeah, we are in that situation. We need so to So we don't talk. know that, obviously. Yeah, you, yep. you don't know that. Yeah, cool. And Paul's not saying anything? Okay. <laughs> it's kind of his god's demon, you know? Like, Marley would sort of defer, thinking, well, it is... Demon. What? What? What did I say? Oh, I've always put the D on the end there. Apparently that's my accent. It sounds like I'm saying demoned or something. Is it an accent if just you do it? I don't know. I've just always said demoned. I trust you to put the D in there. <laughs> I like the a double about, D, right? What's the problem? <laughs> the thing about Jules is whenever she can, she has a D at either end. <laughs> <laughs> D at the front and the back, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm a big fan of Wear it tight. Yeah, just getting airtight. Like I really weird. wanted a spit roast at my wedding, actually. Apparently it was not fancy enough. I had to go for this buffet. It was really sad. <laughs> so instead of committing to two dicks, you just ran down a bunch of them like a little kid running a stick down a picket fence. Pretty much. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> anyway, this has gone wildly off track. Uh, Marf- Ma- Marley. Marfor. Marfy. Marfle. 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 Would be like looking at Bamfor, waiting for him to like go on, say something. What the hell? I'm just gonna eat a chocolate fish. <laughs> Cause I feel like a chocolate fish will make me feel better now. <laughs> Give yourself a muffle. <laughs> muffle and chocolate fish. A muffle of fish. <laughs> I'm dying. We just got a case of the sillies. This is good. This this is what people tune in for. <laughs> not I'm just my. So excited to be back. I just can't get words out. <laughs> not not me staring you guys through a wanky story. They just want to hear shits and giggles <laughs> and muffle of fish. <laughs> a muffle of fish. <laughs> from Barful. Um, okay. Yeah, it's crazy is that, is that um, Jules D at both ends, Burgesser, is also <laughs> quite adept at speaking with a Marfle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually some variation of more, more. Okay, more. so you guys are. I do sing in... Rebel Yell. <laughs> You're in the gloves headquarters. Your friend Alarin has just left via a, uh, a crackling red portal that he made with the Sanguine Gatekeeper. Three demons stand before you, and Bedemus says, We need to talk. Where's Bedemus from? Bedemus is the herald of Sorgamal. You know who Bedemus is, right? He's the shadow demon that beat up everybody in the caves with us. Yeah. He went through them all. Okay, cool. Just checking. Uh, so through them all is another god. Through them all. Through them all, some other god. You know how Chinese oh children do that joke, do that trick with the with the things. Hey, this is this is this is getting grim. <laughs> where's where's his god? <laughs> anyway, Jules, if we may move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so there are three demons standing before us. Do they all? Are they all standing in front of a door? And we have to pick which door. No. They're just standing. One there. of you tells the truth, the other one lies. One of them tells the truth. They're just standing. Two of them lie. Yeah. And then there's another one that we can't see. Is that they're it? Just, can but, see them no, all. That, and also Marley just 
picked no, up the knife from the there. ground, I remember. <laughs> Stab a demon, open a portal, see what happens. You um, can't. It's been used today. Yeah. I can turn into a demon. You can. Cool. So anyway, um, so if Bamford's how we... not gonna say anything, if he's just gonna stand there and not like say anything, <clears throat> I'm like, okay. But what part do we need to talk about? The Sorgamore part, the killing of the Empress part, or the part that I don't know how I got here. Yeah, Betamus replies to all of that. A great many things are transpiring all at once in Ison right now. Meanwhile, Banful is just sort of circling around them, uh, just flicking an elbow, sniffing an earlobe, you know, just sort of <laughs> fussing with the with the cloudy boy, just trying to move his hand through him. Yeah, you can. You can go full, like, just ghost ghost form. Just wave your hand through the cloud guy. Poking some of them with a little knife. Give them a just little l- poke. Just turns its head and looks at you, just with amusement. And just poking him in the neck. <laughs> the enemies, just, just poking him in the neck, seeing what happens. Are you quite done, Banfor? You'll know when I'm done, mate. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> Banfor, do you remember how we got here? Um, I killed a thing, and it was really cool. But we, we were in the killing sleep. grounds when we did that. Yeah, it was. It was a bigger room, wasn't it? Yeah, just a little. This is quite small, isn't it? Who is he? Oh, do I know this guy? And he's poking um, Betamus in the neck with his knife. Yes, if we've you met must him know. several times before. We have met, haven't we, mate? I thought we had. I thought he saved we had. our life, technically. He did. Poke, poke, poke. If you must know how you got here. My friend, and then gestures to the cloud demon, extinguished the fire in the killing grounds so your ally Jereen could drag your bodies out. Your father, however, Banfor, was was lost in the process. Where he is, I do not know, but I can only presume he has been taken by the demon Namakak, which briefly showed its face. Well, I mean... Not to, you know, put down on everything, but easy come, easy go, isn't it? I mean, met man for probably half an hour. Um, I mean, I've got pubic lice older than that, don't I? You sure do. I sure do, don't I? I mean, four generations lived and died in my pants, didn't they? I've known them lice for years. It seems that the two of you are involved in schemes much larger than even I anticipated. The gods themselves are planning something big. Sorghumul, Tratora, Hadet, Freyland, Zinth, and even Urzak are in open discussion about the future of this world. Uh, well that's not good. Well, it might be good. We don't know if it's good. Are they saying nice things about the world? Their intent is to save it from something that has for far too long been a pestilence, a cause of non-stop destruction. Oh, is it me? Nope, I believe they're talking about Gilif. Am I right? Oh, is it? Yes, Marley. Oh. Gilif, the formerly the Empress, 
She's dead for now, but she will resurrect soon. But doesn't she well, need dragon? Do I know that? Wait, do I know that? Do Molly know that? Uh, yeah, you've been told that. Yes, I thought that was true. Yeah. But yeah, doesn't she need dragons? And dragons don't exist in this world. I had that whole debate with the scholars in the temple before they tried to get me arrested. Yes, it is her ultimate goal to be resurrected as a dragon once more. But since dragons were banished from the world thousands of years ago, that has been impossible for her. However, yes. she, she has expended the lives of many powerful wielders for centuries, sending them out to different worlds and different times to try and find one particular dragon-blooded individual. That individual has returned to Ison. Her name is Sasha Torchwood. Well, who would be that stupid? I have a stupid name like that. Torchwood. Yep. What kind of wood wants to be on fire? <laughs> stupid name. Most wood goes on fire for... Doesn't want to be, though. Stupid no, it doesn't name. doesn't want to be. Who comes up with a name like that? Away. If <laughs> Sasha's... Oh, I hate if... it. I'm going to stab her in the eye. <laughs> if Sasha's return to this world allows for Gillif's resurrection to go as she hopes, then this plan that the gods have will be of utmost importance. But won't that mean that she brings down the brute wall and everything that's behind it? That what she told me? Yes, she wants to bring it down. She wants destruction and death to rain upon Isen, the likes of which has never been seen. But if all she needs is everything that's already here, then what's stopping her? Has she done it already? At the point of her death, we don't believe she knew Sasha had been successfully returned to the world. Is she born as a baby? Are we going to have to kill a baby? I'll kill a baby. I mean, obviously, you know, I'll do it. But... Be a bit grim, wouldn't it? I mean, I could probably throw one pretty far. That'd be quite fun, actually. There's a dragon born in the world now. She is not dragonborn, she is an elf with dragon's blood in her veins. Cool. Ooh, what did her mum do? Well, somewhere back a long time ago, they fucked a dragon. Well, you'd hope it was you know, a girl dragon and just a weirdo boy. Otherwise, you know? There is nothing the two of you can do about this situation for the time being until we learn more. However, one last thing I want to speak to you about. The young man, the wielder with seemingly unlimited power. Dreyfer, yeah? Yes, he has created something that is very displeasing to Sorgamol. It's not Hodge, is it? It is. Your wolf <laughs> friend is... My <laughs> Your wolf friend is being reborn. Its soul is... Shifting between realms, collecting parts, rebuilding itself in a new image. It is defying death in the most heinous of ways. It is an abomination most unholy. No, Hodge is a good boy. A good boy though he may be, he should not exist. You know what I've been saying from the start? Kill it. <laughs> I'll be very clear on that. You know what you can trust? Rat. Well, you know what you can't trust? Undead wolf? Shark duck. <laughs> right? 
The shark you know does stand with a rat. Plus the shark you, you, you know, it smells a bit like almonds and it fizzes in quite a fun way. You'll be pleased to learn the shark has been returned to one of the chaos realms from whence it came. Oh, well, I hope it's nice there. <laughs> he seemed lovely, but he was an abomination. Um, okay. If you've got nothing else to ask. I'm disturbed that's... by the news about Hodge, but it does not faze me from wanting to see him. Yep. So um, just for you guys out of game, Hodge is not an abomination. Um, Hodge is actually a beautiful, awesome thing that I've created, and I'm very proud. Um, <laughs> but, of course, a demon of death would would, would be against the idea of it a thing sense. that died and then didn't die. Yeah. Um, if you guys have nothing you want to ask the three demons in your presence, one, of course, is Zero, a, yeah, a knowledge I, demon. I want to ask, so who is this? Because I'm not having some person stand in my presence, not introduce themselves. That's just rude. My name is Marley Craft, and you are? The the cloud demon. Yeah. Yeah. It steps forward and sort of looks at Bedemus as if asking permission to speak. Maybe this is like a lower level demon, not mm. like at the level of them. And Bedemus says, Ugh. Go on. They won't shut up until you do. Um, and then the demon steps like right up to you and it reaches out a hand to handshake and then its hand turns like a lot less cloudy like it becomes corporeal I like reach forward and go to shake yeah it shakes your hand and goes hi how's it going my name's Swift (laughs) (laughs) Uh look at you you're fun Benfor immediately walks over and stands uncomfortably close to him do again Hey, uh, I'm I'm Swift. I'm 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 a junior demon from one of the from one of the weather realms. I am the Tritora. You know Tritora? He's great. I, I do. Yeah, uh, you're Tritora. fun. I've never met a demon of Tritora. Demon. There are many demons of Tritora, but you know I'm one of the junior ones, so it's pretty cool. Uh, there was a big fire in the arena, and I made it rain, and I made the fire go away, which is pretty exciting. That's very exciting. That's very useful. Um, why, why us, exactly? Well, I mean, these guys said that you doing things for the gods. And I was like, can I come along? And they were like, I don't know if you could be useful. Your beatmas has got that deep voice and stuff. And then, you know, there was a big fire. And I was like, today's my day to shine, so to speak. I, I as like much it. as a cloud like demon it. can shine. So you just do clouds, eh? Is that it? Just clouds? Yeah, it's clouds and rain, uh, gusts of wind. Uh, Yeah, I could do... I mean, smoke's just like a dark cloud. What kinds (laughs) of smoke? Well, just just a dark cloud, really. I don't think he can actually get you high, Benfor, other than being able to lift you physically high. From... from Around him, you'll hear some very, some sounds of very strong sniffing. <laughs> there is something I've always wanted to try if I ever met a mortal. I've never met a mortal before right now. Give it a go, mate. On her. Uh, okay, open your mouth. Uh, and Molly, okay, consent is given. <laughs> he, he, was more talk- he, was, he, was, he was talking to Banfor. <laughs> Molly's into it. Okay. Oh, see, okay. there's a reason Demon met. Demon has two D's in her world. No, because Banfor said on her. 
give it a go on her. So I was just like, mm, okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, open your mouth. And he puts out a hand like towards you, but then the hand slowly becomes just like a string of like gas. And then it just feels like he shoots his whole essence inside of your body. And you just feel like a weird tingle, like no extra anything. And yeah. then it all shoots back out your like through your nostrils and your mouth. And he just sort of reforms and just goes, okay, he didn't really, nothing kind of happened, but I always wondered if I could do that. Yeah, hey, buddy. Can you make Do you want to try that you again? Wear, you can't wear me like a giant Mali suit, can you? No, I tried, but you, you know, I thought I, I, that's what I thought I could do. I was like, maybe I could like move her around and stuff, but no, I just went in and went out. Hey, hey, it's usually hey, how hey, buddy. goes. Hey, buddy, can, can, can you try that? Can you try that on me and, and take the long way? I understand what you mean. What do you mean? Banfor's going to hold his everything shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Uh, Banfor <laughs> opens his mouth. <laughs> are we done here? Just We're a minute. I want to try something. We'll be done here when I'm done here. I want to try something. Be the mess. This is my time. I'll go back to the realms in a minute. Banfor opens his mouth. I do have mouth. one question just before you do that because you might not want to answer any questions after that. <laughs> okay. Does does this mean Tratora's heart's back as well? Or no? Yeah, Tratora's heart was returned eight years ago by a, 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 a halfling called Eric. Oh, okay. Ridiculous so, name. Technically, we could also talk to Tratora? Well, I mean, you can't talk to any gods that you want. I mean, that's not a thing. I mean, you can talk to Hader because he gave you that magical key thing. Yeah, but I was meaning more like in a somehow contact him through his priests or something way. His contact's been restored to the world, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, interesting. Good to know. know. Okay. I don't know where his main demon is, though. Probably making clouds or something somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) This is absurd. I didn't think you guys would talk to this demon. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to know. You don't I was, I, put a demon in front of me and, and the problem Molly is, is generally I was, quite curious, so... So, you, uh, yes, Banfor, you were about to have an experiment with Swift. Uh, yeah, Banfor opens his mouth uh, invitingly. Swift looks at Bedemus as if to ask, like, is it okay if we have a little bit more shenanigans? And Bedemus just goes, I'm leaving. And then just sort of takes a step to the left and steps into nothing and just disappears and then Zero is standing there awkwardly <laughs> with his hands mm-hmm. on his hips he does a pelvic thrust <laughs> oh dear sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry we really have caught a case of facilities <laughs> um Zero take, follows Bedemus's lead and does the same thing, just takes a step into nothing and disappears. So now it's just you two and Swift, the weather demon, who um, goes, well, I guess it's okay. They didn't <laughs> take me with them. And yeah, he shoots one of his hands first into your mouth and he sort of starts to thin as like more and more of him goes into you and... Then yeah, eventually he is entirely inside you, which is not. Uh, Banfor clamps I... his mouth 
uh, closed with his hand as well as his, and clamps close his nostrils and then wraps his hand around his, his arm around his ears so that everything bar one area is closed off to easy exit. And push. Roll, me, <clears throat> roll me a con save. That's fair. Uh, okie dokie. Uh, it's a 16. This is the first roll of the podcast of season 5. This. this right see if here a demon goes up my butt. It's the first roll. <laughs> okay, after. Season 5. <clears throat> after a few seconds, you feel this strange sensation of something struggling inside you to not be inside you anymore. And okay, like... number one, that's not a strange <clears throat> sensation. It's one that I'm deeply accustomed to. <laughs> Why do you think I have so many small rabbits around me at all times? It's oh, like uh, you can feel it in your whole body, and it's just like twitches of muscles moving in various directions, and it gets more and more frantic, and to the point where it actually does start to like make your body move. Like the the little bits of tension here and there are actually causing your body to make jerks and and movements, uh, until finally, after maybe ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, it finally comes out of the only orifice available <laughs> and then almost as if to punctuate how bad that was he comes out lying down on the floor behind you in the fetal position and he goes that was a bad idea I don't know why I wanted to see mortals I don't want to see mortals ever again <laughs> you're disgusting uh, rummages around in the, in the horrible volumes of his coat and finds a half of an old cigarette um <laughs> Lights a shitty old match off of his armor, which should still be on fire. Lights it off of his armor uh, and takes a big drag. And and Molly just sort of says with a cheeky grin on her face, well, the Tempest tests us all. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, he goes, you guys are assholes, and then fades. <laughs> he, like, dissipates. <laughs> um, to be honest, okay. Trattoro should appreciate that. Totora, by all accounts, is a mischievous, laughing god. So Trotora, yeah, is a trickster. Trotora should like really <clears throat> appreciate what we just did to his little Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say sorry to Kevin Swift, one of our newest Patreon donors. <laughs> I want to say to Kevin Swift, you're welcome <laughs> because I am welcome. You said that we had new Patreons, but you never told me who yeah, they were. We do. We it's have always Swift. a new character we meet. We always have to be as horrible to them as possible. <laughs> we have oh Kevin Swift. No one should sponsor this. <laughs> and Ben Edwards. Um, shout out. You guys are awesome. So, yeah, you guys had that conversation, that situation. What we're going to do now is have a one-week time skip forward. Um, to give you a bit of context of what the world is like outside the doors of where you are right now, the entire city of Stonemaw is tearing itself to pieces with the combination of people just in like terror and fright of after fleeing the um, the killing grounds when they saw the giant psychic ape and the giant column of flames, uh, as well as the political confusion after the death of the Empress what's going to happen now who's in charge what's going on some guards are trying to like are killing people and trying to rise up and become like local leaders some guards are trying to stop them and defending so like all factions are falling apart all alliances are falling apart it's absolute bedlam 
in the city um hundreds upon hundreds of people have died already and at this point where you had the demon meeting it's only been a few hours of night so that gives you context for the state of where you're at now if you want to now summarize what you do over the next week during this bedlam uh yeah during the bedlam which might calm down might not calm down it's a pretty big deal um, I think that Bamfor would likely um, be in his element. Um, this is precisely the world that he likes to live in. Um, he's already walked into this with a cult of fanatics at his back. Um, he's covered in flaming armor and he has essentially the run of the vice district. Um, I think that he would quite quickly make himself into some sort of warlord within that district. Um, and begin enforcing whatever version of the world strikes in that day okay um in the name of chaos roll a d20 without any modifications oh hell's um, bells in the name of chaos i don't know why i said that uh there's a 16 okay uh yeah you you do exactly that you set out to uh use the power you already had as a sort of de facto leader of the um most or the majority of the um vice district of stonemore uh and you use your budding uh, drug enterprise and the poison tip gang that you were using to distribute that drug throughout the city uh, combine with the chaos to sort of under everyone's noses become king of the vice district and everyone who follows your word to a letter is part of a new super gang which is called the dice cult beautiful um i think that it would be um uh, part of this that uh Bamford would erect uh barricades around his little fiefdom um and, and create his own city within a city Oh, right, so you do try and close off the vice district's uh, walls well, to sort of barricade it up. You know, we've got to let people in for you know, um, for you know, drinking and prostitutes, all that stuff, and let them out for last call. But you know, it's a city in chaos, so we'd we'd have some semblance of control over who's coming and going. Holy shit, King Banfor! <laughs> wow, running his own city within a city. Uh, do the, you... This is the plan when I started yeah. the cult. Does yeah. does Banfor have any um, ambitions or anything outside of that zone? Like, do you try and expand? Do you try and influence other areas of the city, or are you pretty um, it's satisfied? It's only been a week. Um, we started out around the around the Brutes Club with a few barricades, and we just kept pushing them down the streets and adding to them and kept pushing them and pushing them until there were enough people stopping us that, that we had to sort of stop pushing them. Yeah. Okay. That Terry Pratchett book, what is it? Men at Arms or whatever? Men at Arms, exactly. Um, Nightwatch, I think you're looking for. Nightwatch. Yes, mm. that's what it is. Absolutely. Young Sam, old Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they John just Peel. the barricades and mwah, everybody mwah, just kind mwah. of finds themselves behind the barricades. Yeah. Exactly where I was going with that. Thank you very yeah. much, Jules. You've reinforced our connection as friends. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad we're friends. Um, cool. And bef- before I hop over to what Marley does over this week, um, is there anything else you want to add to uh, a week's worth of ambition and activity? Not particularly, no. Um, it, it's more of just a... Um, there are people within Banfor's circle and without Banfor's circle. Um, and he now has a physical circle that he can push out. Um, and so he 
does that. It's more of a natural instinctual thing than a than a cynical ambitious thing. Yes. Does the Necropodicon now belong in your circle? It's in the merchants district. Oh no, it's fancy. We ain't fancy. No, okay, so it's outside of that. Alright, that mm. yeah. By the time we reach the end of the Vice District, um, and the barricades uh, are big enough and strong enough to be called walls, uh, Amphor gets fairly bored, so um, by the end of the week, he's just taken to sitting on the barricade and looking out, um, haphazardly throwing half-bricks at anything that moves, <laughs> just watching the world burn. Um, make an athletics check for, just to summarise uh, overall, how well your brick-throwing goes. Um, okay. Um, so that's an 18. Okay, yeah, you you pummel people and they just, it, it becomes a regular thing that people on neighbouring districts just know about it now to avoid yeah. certain streets. Cause Don't go down there. Can, You'll get bricked like, down there. So, like, if you walk down Trotora Boulevard, you will get half-bricked in the head, so just don't. Like, there's whole can they sections... Call it, can it be called Brick Fever? Or A uh, Case of the Bricks? Yeah, there's, it's called The Bricks. Everyone knows what The Bricks means. It, it means certain parts of town you don't go to, lest you get bricked. Yeah, you can't... He, oh, that's he right. Caught yeah, the bricks. The bricks. <laughs> uh, there, you want to run from, from Sycamore to Elm? You want to run? You will catch the bricks. <laughs> um, do you do anything with Jareen, um, your form, your childhood friend who also sort of helped you get rise to power in the Vice District? Um, I imagine that we hang out. Uh, Banfor's less a leader and more a figurehead, I would say. Um, more of a hellboy than a, you know, he's, he's an element of chaos. Um, Jareen, to me... Um, is more of an actual leader that follows behind the figurehead and actually gets things done. I'm sure that he is involved in the actual administration of of people's needs, of actually making sure things get done while Banford bellows and roars and breaks things. Nice. I like it. And Not last lieutenant, one... but really a commander. Yeah, one last thing is, do you have any intention to use the Sanguine Gatekeeper teleporter at any point? I mean, Banfor's been having enough fun himself with just bricks and swords and knives and fire. You know, he's a simple man. Sweet. Okay. He likely would have forgotten about it. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Okay, Marley, what do you do over this week? So, um, Marley would be feeling pretty responsible for this. You know, like, because even yeah. though she feels like killing the Empress was the right move, she knew that it was going to be causing chaos, you know, and, and ruining lives and destroying the city. You know, she did know that. That's why she was trying to say, like, you give power to Queen Shan so that at least she could kind of transfer from leader to leader and, and try and put some kind of leadership back in, you know. Um, but do we know where Queen Shan is? Um, roll a investigation check. And if it's high enough, then you've managed to keep tabs on. Ooh, that's, that's a 10. Okay. Um, no, you've, you've had, you've used certain people that you knew, uh, from the vice district and some of like Jareen's gloves and, and things like that to try and gather information. But the, all you learn is that the, 
she is in the royal keep um queen brus the queen brus queen shan of brus is in the royal keep but the keep is on lockdown so like no one is going in or out and it's hard to ascertain exactly what's going on in there okay but you you at least know and the general perception around the city is she is in charge of whatever this mess is yeah okay because that's what Marley would be wanting to find out and see if she could help with you know so she would be like um essentially trying to go around and if she can't find Queen Shan to help directly she would be trying to assure people that like Queen Shan will put this right like okay yeah that's persuasion yeah even if it is just like she's in taverns singing about you know like we've got a bright future ahead of us if we just you know get back on board with the community spirit and you know and, and she's out like handing out pamphlets and you know it's like queen queen shan you know she's yeah. she's uh she's our lady <clears throat> she'll save us that's awesome yeah, yeah okay roll stuff. yeah roll a performance check to let me know how these these um sort of propaganda shows go <laughs> i rolled an 18 um <laughs> and <clears throat> my performance is plus eight so 26 Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. You set up in various taverns uh, and inns strategically placed around the city um, to yeah, sort of go canvas for, like, the nobles and... and like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So and you 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 encounter uh, only the slightest bit of resistance from people who are, who are supporting one like noble or, or wealthy merchant or something to, to rise to power and things like that. But they're, they're very easily quelled. For the most part, people cheer along with you and they're like, Shan is back, Shan is back, and she will restore the city and things like that. So yeah. you are definitely creating a tide all around the city of sympathizers to Shan's cause. Cool. Um. Part of that, she would also be checking on the Necropodicon. Like, she would still be staying there and trying to keep the Necropodicon safe from the chaos, you know? Because, again, she feels slightly responsible for, you know, all of this. And and they were nice enough and they put her up and then she dragged poor Tyler out of there and she, she wants to try and keep Tyler safe as much as possible as well, you know? So, like, protecting it, sort of, but also like just trying to keep it going like even pulling shifts behind the bar sometimes and you know just like in between shows you know that kind of stuff just trying to help because she used to work in a cider orchard with a you know with a tavern attached so it makes sense yeah did it have a tavern (laughs) yeah it does Oh, of course it did. Um, well, I had to. You know, it was one of those places where you came to, like, try the newest craft cider, like the, the experimental flavors and stuff, and you got, your, like, your dinner with it and stuff, you know? <laughs> okay, I like this. Reverse cannon building. That's good. Um, uh, sweet. Yeah, so you yeah, you, you do that. You sort of make the Necropodicon your home away from home. Um, and, yeah, you... You help them keep it afloat and protect it from uh, being destroyed. You get a lot of people coming up and m- mentioning that, like, oh, I heard Sprite McSteam face played here like a week ago or something. Have you seen him? Where is he? Oh, oh I'd love to see Sprite McSteam face if he's around somewhere. And I just play it like, oh, yeah, me too, but it's gone real mysterious. Like, some say he's gone crazy and he's just like, you know, taking himself off into the forest to do something, you know, like 
absolutely mental off of there. I, I guess we'll see him one day when he decides to show his face again. You know, that's how she's kind of yeah. playing it. Okay, he, he now calls himself um, the uh, the bard formerly known as Brighty. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, cool. Do you try and achieve anything else in this time, or do you do, or would you use the Sanguine Gatekeeper or anything like that? Um, she thinks about it a lot. Like, in, in the Necropodicon, when she's, like, going to bed, you know, she takes it out and she kind of stares at it and she sort of thinks about the cost of it and thinks about her family and think like thinks really hard about how much she wants to see them but then like something from outside will catch her attention like it'll be like some yelling some screaming some essentially shots some something going down outside and she'll remember that she's responsible and she doesn't feel like she can go back to her family until she's like fixed it or made made the world safe you know? Yep. That makes sense. So she's also every- aware she's probably got a target on her back. Like, everybody's saying that she's somehow important. And she has no idea how. So she doesn't want to go and drag her family into whatever she's got herself mixed up in either. Yeah. So she looks okay. at it a lot and then wraps it and puts it back at the bottom of her pack again. You know? Cool. I like that. It's good. So you've got this extremely powerful thing, and for both for very legitimate reasons, you still haven't used it. Um, it's just sort of sitting there, gaining potential, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I guess she's waiting for the right time, like yeah. when they need to use it in order to use it, rather than just using it for frivolous stuff. Okay. So, um, Marley, one day you are just working the bar at Necropodicon. It's it's a quiet day. The The chaos has quelled quite a bit over this past week. Um, there's still lots of people uh, in, involved in little power struggles and things around, but, I mean, the general day-to-day street-level chaos has stopped. Like, the rioting has stopped. The random muggings and burglaries have, have stopped a lot. And someone runs in. It's a, a regular. She is a, um, a tiefling woman called Marthal. And <laughs> Marvel, take that crap out of your mouth before you speak. I've told you this before. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm considering doing a voice by putting my hand in my mouth. <laughs> Just I am filming you, and if this looks good, it will make YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I won't do it. Um, so Marvel runs into the bar and she says, "Molly, Molly, um, there's a there's a man." Standing in the middle of the city, um, he's he's calling you out. Uh, he's he's saying, Marley, Marley Craft and Band for what? Marley Craft and Band for what? I'm here for you. Why did I think introducing Marley and Banford to a naive young humanoid made of gas would be a good idea? Like, it's like I don't learn, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like I don't learn. So anyway, Banford is king of the Vice District, uh, Marley is playing propaganda gigs around the city of Stonemore, and 
and also playing Happy Families at the Necro slash Potacon, and Hodge's resurrection into a strange new beast has upset Sorghumal the God of Death. I wonder if that will have repercussions. Oh, and uh, Sasha Torchwood, the character that Jules plays in the Surge campaign, is the key to bringing down the Brute Wall, unleashing Hell on Ison, and letting Gillif resurrect as a powerful, terrifying dragon. Yikes. Uh, big hugs for our wicked, sick, and or dope supporters over at Patreon. Uh, those are Alex White Robinson, person who wants to stay anonymous, Robert Baldino, Wiring Coochie, Laura Christine Goodwin, James Blyser, Sajah Hodgkins, Laura Douglas, Mel Ziggler, Roy Drafamata, Sam Malcolm, Kydra Faust, Laura Flake, Kydeal, Avriana Kvalsic, Kevin Swift, and Ben Edwards. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Those are all at Fate of Ison or email fateofison at gmail.com. Or head to the Necropoticon Network Discord server to chit-chat with us in real time. Chit, you can chat, you can chat, you can chit, you can chitty-chat, chat-chat, chit-chat, chat. chat. Uh, There's a link to that on our website, fateofison.com. As well as cast profiles, fan art, links to the wiki, and links to our live shows that are coming up very, very soon. 8th and 9th of March in Wellington. Hint, hint. Go to bit.ly slash isonfringe to go straight to the ticket link. Uh, See you next week uh, when we find out Who's calling out our heroes? Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. Involves adventure. Friendship and all hey, sorts hey, of. Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more. Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do about I need that to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, but brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. Hey there, you beautiful person, you. Do you like podcasts? Well, that's a stupid question, because of course you do. Hi, my name is Harley, and I'm from the Necropoticon Network. I'm here invading your personal space because I wanted to invite you to come check out our shows. You can find all these shows and more on our website, necropoticon.com. We also have cast and crew profiles for every show on the network. What that means is... You get to see our beautiful faces. For free! What are you waiting for? No, seriously, what are you waiting for? You're on your phone, right? Or computer? All you have to do is, I'll let you figure it out by yourself.